I, I, as much as I don't mind it, I don't like it. But I will put up with it. Well, we're getting closer to the end of Romans. And uh, <clears throat> again, we got one more week left. And then, um, and then we're going to take two weeks off because Christmas falls on a Thursday night. So we won't be here, obviously. And then New Year's Day falls on a Tuesday, Thursday night. So we won't be here either for that. And um, in the beginning of the year, I have a couple things going on on Thursday nights that uh, you want to be here for. I'm not going to tell you quite yet, but I want to to prepare you that uh, God's going to be using some people here to to minister and to just kind of get us excited about the new year and what God has in store. And so be praying for these next few weeks. Um, we have gotten to the last chapter of Romans, so you can get to Romans chapter 16. Um, but that's not to say that we're done with, uh, with this book of Romans quite yet. We have at least, uh, well, we have one more study left. So I want to finish Romans before we go into our little break. And we've been in Romans for over a year has taken us a a year with all the other stuff that we do on Thursday nights. Sometimes, sometimes we switch things up. It has taken us a a year to get through the book of Romans. And it's, it's been an amazing book for me to study and to teach. Um, There's just been so much that the book of Romans has, has really challenged me with and taught me. And I hope if you've been here, if not, you can go back in time and go on the internet and, and listen to the studies. But, um, it's just been an amazing, an amazing book. And so this is our third study in Paul's final um, chapter and a half goodbye. <laughs> it's been a long goodbye for Paul um, as he's been saying goodbye to his brothers and sisters in the Lord who are in Rome. These people he has never met before, and yet he has this goodbye for them that that just drags on and on and on and he has a lot to share with them um now in general he has never met them he's never because he's never been to rome i've been sharing with with you on i've been sharing that with you um but that's not to say that he didn't know people there as we're going to see tonight he knew a lot of people there. Um, there's going to be a lot of names that are mentioned tonight. I'm sure there were still more people, but uh, but he knew a lot of people. Because Rome was so um, populated and, and the old saying that all roads led to Rome and all roads led out of Rome, for that matter, people were always traveling back and forth. And because Paul was was always traveling about, he, he got to know a lot of people as, in his travels. And so Paul is writing this letter from Corinth on his third missionary journey. And at the end of this journey, Paul would have traveled about 8,000 miles in, in, in these three missionary journeys. That's not to say, um, or, or it's not to count his, his trip over to Rome, which would be another couple thousand miles. And so he, he, he was, he was kind of out there all the time. So he met people all the time, wherever he went. And so, so in all his travels, um, he got to know people. And so, we're, again, we're going to see a lot of people tonight. 
Um, Paul very rarely traveled alone. The only time he had to travel alone is when he had to like get out of Dodge really quick. He he had to escape or they, they sent him before and everything, but he very rarely did he ever travel alone. He always had a few or several people with him. And wherever he went along the way, he either left some people there or picked up some new people. And so there was constant people in his life. Most of the time, Paul ended up in bigger cities, but that's not to say that he discriminated against smaller cities or even small towns. Um, Wherever the Lord led him, he would go. And I remember a time in in Acts where he had this plan and he wanted to go up to Bithynia uh, area in the northern part. And God says, no, all the doors were being shut and he went the other way. And so, um, again, he had plans, but they all always didn't work out. Um, And so wherever the Lord led him, he went. And every time he went somewhere, he met people along the way. And so Paul was a traveler. He he went all over the place. Paul Paul was a, a, he was a rolling stone. Uh, Wherever he laid his hat was his home. And when he died, all he left us, well, you know, I'm getting off base there. But I couldn't pass that up as I was thinking about how, how he just went wherever he went. And, 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 and he never, he, you know, there was times that he stayed somewhere for, for, for a short time. There was times that he stayed for a, a half a year or three years in Corinth um, or in uh, Ephesus. Um, but by and large, he, he, he was just a, a vagabond in, in that sense. He, he was sold out and... Um, he, he he was about going to play, going places and doing things, and so Paul was was a traveling evangelist, and he met a lot of people. And I'm sure that some back then, as I'm sure even today, there are some tr- evangelists or even preachers who travel around that are not so much people persons, like if that's the right words to use people persons um they oftentimes you know have they they have a message to give but they don't want to get close to people because they're not going to stay there long and so oftentimes they come in with the message and they leave and and they kind of stay low key and they don't have time to become besties with too many people because their 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 travels just take them all over the place now, that's not to say that they don't get to know people, but they just don't stay in one place or they're not always close with people. And I'm not saying that Paul got to know everybody he came in contact with. But he can't, cannot ever be accused of not being a people person. Paul had that personality. People became fond of him. He became close to people. They, be, you know, they... they, they they, they built relationships. He, he knew that in any kind of ministry, in any kind, there, it, it had to do with people. People that, that, that helped him give it out, give out the ministry or the, the gospel, as well as people that received the gospel. And so it, it is all about people. And Paul knew that. He wasn't going to some place just for whatever. He knew people would be there. 
That's why his heart oftentimes was for bigger cities because he knew he would talk to a lot of people. And so he wasn't afraid of people. He wasn't afraid of, of getting close to people. We're going to cover the first 16 verses of this chapter. And in, the, in these first 16 verses, there are 27 people that are mentioned by name. A few households and a few um, churches. Now, we, we, we could have just covered this whole chapter. And I, you know, I, I, I listened to other guys who, you know, who are teaching. And man, one, one guy that I really admire a lot, he, he did chapter 15 and 16 at the same time. And I'm going, man, how do you do that? Because there's so much, you know. But, but here, when you have 27 names in 16 chapters, it's like, yeah, let's just blow by them, man. But um, being the people person that I am, <laughs> I want to know who are these guys? Why, why, why did Paul mention them? Who, who, are, who are they? And, and honestly, there's not a lot to be said about a lot of them, but some of them, um, there is something to be said. This is why I, I, I think it's important to take our time with these people here. Um, because I, I am a people person and I want to challenge you. I want to throw out a challenge for us. If, if someone was writing a letter, would you be mentioned in it? And if you were, what would they be saying about you? Because again, we're, we're looking at something here that Paul decided, as I'm writing this letter, I got to say hey to so-and-so. If you were writing a letter, would you have anybody to mention? Because again, I know that there's people that are not people, people persons per se. They, 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 they like to keep to themselves, in other words. If you were writing, who, who would you mention? What would you say about them? Do you know enough about the people, even in this room tonight that you can mention any of them. And so it's a challenge, I think, for all of us to, to see what, where are we at, you know? Because honestly, church is about people. It's about community. If you weren't here, why would we be here? <laughs> but I, I understand what ministry is. Ministry has to do with people. And, I, and, and again, I know that there's some pastors that are so shy, man, that they cannot really have one-on-ones, but they can speak to hundreds and thousands, but to, to have one-on-one, it's like, oh, geez. It, it, it's hard for them. And then there's people that, you know, they're, they're better off one-on-one than, than speaking to a lot of people. And not everybody's called to, to, to stand up and, and, and teach or, or do stuff like that. But where are you at? Do you know people? Are you in, even interested in people? <laughs> now, I was going to do something um, this evening, and I decided not to. I decided that I would man up and read this whole thing. I was actually going to put something, because um, I did this a long time ago when I was teaching a homestead, and I got to this part, and there's so many names. I just played a tape, <laughs> and the guy mentioned every name perfectly, and I was going to do that tonight. I was just going to try to, you know, get get you guys prepared and like, okay, let's just all look at the words follow along, and then have 
Abram Kewitt and stuff, and it's like, whoa, that's not Zeke's voice. It doesn't sound Mexican enough. <laughs> and so I decided not to. So I've been practicing, but like always, once I get going, I get nervous. And so if I don't mention these names right, bear with me. And if you think you can do a better job, just tell me to step aside and come up and do it. Now, I, I don't like to mispronounce names, but I know I probably will. Most of you guys don't even know my real name. Uh, my real name is very hard to pronounce. I've, I grew up with this name. That's why they call me Zeke. But it's Ezekiel. And it's, it's spelled E-X-I-Q-U-I-O. If you're fast enough to write it down, I mean, if, if you could use that, word, that name in Scrabble, you would like win all the time. <laughs> because there's an E and Q and an X and a, all, all of it. It's all vowels, basically. And so I'll try to go through this. And so let's be patient. So it might take me a little time to get through it. So you guys ready for this? <laughs> if I start sweating, if I pass out while we finish early, do some worship. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 1. I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant of the church in Sancria that you may receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints and assist her in whatever business she has need of you. For indeed, she has been a helper of many and of myself also. Greet Aquila, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ, who risked their own necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles likewise greet the church that is in their home. Greet my beloved Apinetes, who is the firstborn of Achaia in Christ. Greet Mary, who labored for us, much for us. Meet, greet Adronicus, and Julia, my countrymen, and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved. Greet Amplius, Amplius, uh, approved of Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those of the household of Narcissus, who, is, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa. Who have labored in the Lord, greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermes, 
and the brethren who are with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Neros, Neros, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Woof. <laughs> Woof. I'm still going to mention some of them, but not all of them. But man, oh man, is that nerve-wracking. Um, okay, so going back to verse 1. There's a few people that I will definitely talk about because we know a little bit about them. Other ones we're, we're, we're going to go by a little bit more, a little quicker. But, but he starts off here in verses 1 and 2. And he says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, who is a servant in the church of the church of Sancria. There, there have been those who, who have looked at Paul as some male chauvinist pig, um, that he hated women, that he was against women, that he looked down on women because of other parts of his writings where he talked about how women should keep silent, which is almost like an impossibility to ever to do. Um, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know I could be a male chauvinist pig, but you know what? You know what's worse than a male chauvinist pig? A woman who doesn't do what she's told. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I'm going to get myself in trouble. So, but, but oftentimes Paul was looked at as, as a man who, who had this vendetta against women or, and, and honestly in the culture back then, women were looked down upon. They, they weren't at the status where, where most men were. And for, for him to really like look at this lady Phoebe, a sister in the Lord and, and say, man, I'm commending her to you. And it's interesting because in these 27 people that he mentions here, eight of them are women. And he mentions uh, that he mentioned by name, and but he also, you know, referred to Rufus's mom and uh, Nerus's uh, sister. Um, and so there, there was a um, there was women that were being used in, in, in the church. And it's interesting because when women were coming out of Judaism and even from the Gentiles. Um, coming into Christianity, there was this newfound freedom within the Christian church. Because, again, in some of the writings that, that, that you read about, um, in, in some of the genealogies, I mean, there was women strewn throughout. Um, and so Paul did not have anything against the women. He, he understood that even in ministry, they were vital. They were important. There was things that they were supposed to do and could do and were allowed to do. Um, I know that, again, he, 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 he writes about how women should not teach, how they should not usurp authority because they were the ones that were deceived and not man. And so, again, he was throwing out some facts, some realities that, that this is the way God had, had, had set it up for mankind, that man would be over woman. But, but he set it up like that within the church as well. But there was nothing wrong with him using some of the ladies in ministry and so for Paul to, to talk about Phoebe the way he talks about it, it would dispel anything anyone would say about Paul hating on women because he didn't. 
he understood how vital they, they were. And he uses the word commend uh, as we start off here. Uh, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister. And that, that word commend means that he had confidence in her. He, 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 he would stand by her. That, that he recommended her in, in just about anything he would be involved with, he would recommend Phoebe to do the same thing. It, it, it means that, that he trusted her. And this is how much he trusted her. It is believed that Phoebe would be the one that would carry this book, this letter of Romans, to the Romans. That because who she was and her status with him and this working relationship that he had with her, that he trusted her with everything. You know, as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about uh, uh, Ann Litch, our, our, our administrative secretary and my secretary and, and, and Diana who was in the, in the office and the things that they do that I trust them with everything, that, that, that I would commend them with, with whatever. Because I trust them so much. And, and I thought, man, maybe we should just give them new titles like Phoebe's or something. You know, give them some, some other title. You know, but they, they, would, they would be Phoebe because they, they are to be commended. Because they are trusted with everything that goes on in this place. They don't run it, but they, 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 they have their pulse on everything that happens. And this lady, Phoebe, for Paul to look at her and say, man, I will stand by her. I will recommend her for whatever I do, she can do as, as well. I, I, would, I, I would put her in front to do that. And so, again, I, I just feel like he trusted her so much that he would send her with this precious letter, this relationship. He calls her his, her sis, his sister. It was more uh, spiritual, not familial. Um, but he had an utmost respect for this lady, for this sister in the Lord. He refers to her as a servant, which is the same word that is used for, for deacon, but here it's used in the feminine, and, and it, it is the word deaconess. She, she held some kind of an office within the ministry where Paul was involved in. This lady came from the seaport city of Sancria, which was just a few miles east of, of Corinth. Corinth being the bigger city, but Sancria was, was a seaport city and, and very busy and stuff. And, and, and they seemed to have this, because he was in, in Corinth, they, they had this working relationship. I, I don't know how often they met, but, but they, they trusted each other and he trusted her a lot. And it is quite possible that Phoebe had some business to attend to up in Rome. And for Paul, this was the perfect scenario for him to get this amazing letter up to these people and he would send it by her hands. And he says this as he's writing this letter, as he's closing it off, as he would hand it to them and they would read the whole thing. And when they get to the end, they would understand, oh, this is Phoebe, the one that just handed us this. He says this, receive her. Receive her in the Lord in, the, in a manner worthy of the saints. Everyone else in this portion of Scripture that we're covering, he, Paul is sending greetings, but Phoebe is the only one that is coming to them. 
he says, receive her. If I were to show up, you would receive me with respect and with worthy, uh, with, with honor. He says, receive her in the same way. Just like you would receive me. Just like you would receive any other saint. And oftentimes that would be referring to males. He says, receive this sister in the Lord. Because she is right on and she holds a high esteem with me. However you could assist her, he says, make sure you do that. Since she has been a helper to many. And Paul says she's been a helper to me too. And that word helper means that that she was a woman set over others, a female guardian, protectress, patroness, caring for the affairs of others and aiding them with her resources. That's what that word helper means. There's another word, it's hard for me to pronounce it, but it's secure, secure, secure. And, 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 it, and again, it's, it's somebody that takes care of everybody else. Um, and, and, and so I don't know if she was a woman of means, but she had some kind of a business. And so Paul trusted her. He was, the, the word helper can also mean assistant. She was an assistant to Paul. And then in verses 3 to 5, he says, Greek, Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in the Lord who risk their own necks for my life, to whom, not, uh, to whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Paul had first met Priscilla and Aquila when he had, a ri- when he had gotten to um, Corinth on his second missionary journey. And he worked close with them, not only in ministry, but also in tent making, which would be their trade. They, they, they were working to, 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 to supply for their ministry. And, and Paul came in and started helping them in that trade um, so that they could fund their ministries. They had come to Corinth from Rome because of Claudius's decree to kick all the, Rome, all the Jews out of Rome. And so they came down to Corinth and that's where they they met up with Paul. And so they were originally from Rome, from that area. And when they left Corinth, after being there for a year and a half, they stopped off in Ephesus with Paul. When Paul left, they left with Paul. And when they got to Ephesus, again, on their second missionary journey, he leaves them in Ephesus and they begin to minister there. And so Paul takes off from Ephesus, goes back to, to Antioch and, and stuff like that. And then he heads back on his third missionary journey. And when he comes back to Ephesus on his third missionary journey, they are still there ministering. And Paul now stays there in Ephesus for three years. And all that while he is working closely with them. And he calls them my fellow workers. They had worked so close together. They, they, they had this ministry together and they, they kind of knew each other really well. And while, he was, while they were still there, Paul sent greetings to the Corinthians from these people when he wrote to them the first letter. And he says, hey, I have uh, Priscilla and Aquila with me and they say hi. And so when Paul takes off north to cut across to come back down to 
to Corinth, it is probably around that time that they headed up to Rome. And that's why he's greeting them because they're now back at Rome. And so Paul pays them a great compliment by calling them fellow workers in Christ Jesus. And then he tells us that that they risked their own necks for his life. And it never tells us anywhere how they did that or what it was, but it, but it literally means that they laid down their own necks for his soul. They loved this guy. <laughs> and they were willing to take the bullet <laughs> or, or whatever it was. But it never tells us when they did that. But then he says also that in, in verse... Um, in verse four at the end, he says, and not only I thank, you know, give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Everybody was grateful for these people. They, they were servants through and through. In every sense of the word, they served. There was something about them that they just poured themselves out. He also sends greetings to the church that was meeting at their house up in Rome. And it's interesting because when they were in Ephesus, they also had a home church. And so these people, they they, they had their job of tent making, but they also had ministry going on all the time. They, they, they weren't just waiting to be fed, they were feeding people. When, when, when they had gotten to Ephesus, they ran into a young man by the name of Apollos. And, and, and he had come from a different view and stuff and so when they heard him preach they they like ah oh, nice apollos hey doctrinally you're a little off and they kind of took him aside and they just mentored him and they just poured into him to where this man becomes a great man of god but they were willing to just raise somebody else up but they these people just had a heart for ministry all the while working their job all the while having um having a house church home studies um, all the time. Probably wherever they went, they, they somehow had a home study going on. And then Paul in verse 5 says, Greet my beloved, Pinatus. This young man or this man is only mentioned once here. But yet he became very dear to Paul. Again, there's a few people that he calls beloved, and this guy he mentions first. And it is quite possible that he is the first convert in Achaia, which was also known as Asia. And it's quite possible that he had come to the Lord through Paul's ministry, and that's how he got to know him. And so whether he had seen him or not, come across him after his, his salvation, he knew that he was up in Rome and he says, you've got to greet this guy. Um, he is my beloved. In verses 7 or 6 through, through 7, he mentions Mary who labored much with us. Mary is, is identified simply as one who labored, who toiled much. In other words, she worked hard for Paul and with Paul. Some Greek manuscripts um, her, her, her name there is Miriam, which which would be the, the Hebrew form which identified her as a Jew. And then there's Andronicus and Julia, or Juna. Juna. Um, they're greeted together, so it's more than likely that they were a husband and wife, although Juna could be either masculine or feminine. But he calls them his countrymen. 
my countrymen, which means relatives, but more, he probably is referring more to the fact that they were from the same Jewish tribe, not so much family. He says Andronicus and um, Junia had been fellow prisoners with him. But when and where that happened is not mentioned. But one of the things you must know about Paul, he had like a long rap sheet of being busted. He, he, got, he got thrown in, in prison so many different times. And I thought about, about that about Paul, that if he lived in this day and age, with all the trouble he got into, who would let him on staff? <laughs> who would say, hey, where do you come from? Well, I just got out of prison. Okay, what happened? Well, you know, this happened. And, and well, how many times have you been locked up? Well, let me see. I, I, I don't remember how many times, but I've gotten in trouble many, many times. And it's interesting because we don't know where this happened with Adronicus and Juna, but um, it seems that he really didn't remember when it happened or he just didn't mention it. But oftentimes, um, things happened in his life and people were with him. And these people happened to be, be with him when he was in jail, whether they got busted with him or he met them in there. But, uh, but they became close to them. He said that they were um, uh, who, who are of note, meaning that they were illustrious, notable, outstanding um, among the, the, the apostles. And, and the word apostle here is, is in a more broader, general sense uh, where he could have been meaning uh, Barnabas and Silas and some of the others who were called apostles, not necessarily the twelve. Um, but he says that they were also, they were in Christ before he was. And so they had all been believers at least 25 years. So from verses 8 through 15, um, we have a lot of people here, and I'm not going to go through their names again. <laughs> but some of these people here that we, that we, that we read about, we read that, that they were beloved in the Lord, that they were fellow workers, they were laborers, they were approved of, of God. They were his fellow countrymen. The only one of this group in verse 13 that, is, that might be mentioned elsewhere um, is, is Rufus. It, it's quite possible that he was the son of Simon the Cyrene, the Cyrenean, Cyrene. Um, he was the one that, that was called upon when Jesus was carrying his cross. It said that <clears throat> he had two sons, Alexander and Rufus. And, and, and most believe that, that this was him. That that, that time w- really became a huge impact in his life to see Jesus there and, and being crucified and all that, that, that it really shook him and, and brought him to the Lord. And so it's quite possible that this is the same Rufus that is mentioned in, in the Gospel of Mark. Not for certain, but it could be. I I also heard that, and it can't be confirmed by anyone else, that his mom's name was Shaka Khan. Um, I'm kidding. (laughs) I couldn't pass that one up either because you have Rufus and Shaka Khan. 
some of you younger people are like, who? It's like, go back to the 70s and 80s, man. <laughs> More 70s? I'm sorry, you don't remember either. Um, <laughs> but in verse 16, verse 16, after mentioning all these people, he kind of says goodbye again, um, but we're not done. Um, we've got next week still. But he says, greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Now, this was a custom that, that, that happened back then, and it's still a custom in many cultures, that, that when you greet each other, you would like come up and, and, and kiss on the cheek on both sides. And, and, and it was a very affectionate kind of greeting. And even when you were saying goodbye, you would do this. You know, we use handshakes or hugs or uh, and or hugs or, you know, um, I was hugging Joseph and trying to shake his hand earlier and we kind of got like, what do we do? Maybe we should just start kissing again, bro. I don't know. Um, and we won't get confused there. But that's that was their custom back then. They, they came up and it was nothing sensual. It was nothing um, that, that would put people in awkward situations. It, it was just an affectionate kind of greeting and or goodbye. There, there is a, an affection and a fondness that we should have as brothers and sisters. Those of us who, who are in the body of Christ, there should be an affection that comes with being part of the family of God that goes beyond and transcends culture or customs because we are in Christ. I, I, I think there should be or there needs to be this, this just love for one another that we should be having for one another. Not, not that we would put each other in awkward situations, but that there was, should, should be this, this genuine affection for one another. Just, just like we see here, because we, we look at Paul, and, and even though he's, he, he hasn't met all the people in Rome, he knew these people enough that, that he wanted to mention them. He wanted to, to say hi to them. He wanted them to understand, man, I think about you. And right now that I'm writing this letter, man, you are so much on my heart. I, I, I know that not everyone has the same personality as Paul. I understand that. And I'm sure that he didn't always get it right. And maybe he didn't remember everybody that he came across. Maybe, maybe there was things that he couldn't say good about other people. But when we see how he mentions these people and what he says a little bit about each one of them, even if he groups them together, he says something about them. That they were either beloved, that they were fellow laborers, that they were approved, that they were chosen. He knew something about them. You see, the body of Christ is made up of, of people. And we are to do all we can to come alongside each other and build one another up in Christ. We are called to do that. Church is made up of people. The body of Christ is made up of people. We, you know, people use the term community. We are. We are a community. We come together and commune, and we have something in common. You know, sometimes those who are out in the world, they have their best friends, and they have their groups, and they have their, their clubs, or they, whatever they have out there. 
And man, they treat each other with, with so much love and respect in a lot of ways. And that's something that the, 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 the Church of Christ here, the body of Christ, should be having an affection for one another. Being able to, to, to come to, to know one another. And, and again, I understand not everybody here, man, is like, oh no. You know, you, you want to come in and you want to go out and if, you, if nobody says hi to you, you're okay. I honestly cannot comprehend that. I am a people person. I, I have to try and say hi to everybody I possibly can. And so when I read about Paul and he says he has all these people, I think, you know, I could probably for the most part with just about everybody here with some exceptions, probably say something about you that I know about you. And it's only because I've, I've well, maybe because I'm nosy um, and I like asking a lot of questions. But my heart is to get to know who you are. If you're coming in th- through the, to these doors, I want to know who you are. And it might be you're just visiting, you'll be here for a month, or you're just going, man, that pastor's so nosy. I'd rather go to some other church where that guy doesn't even talk to people because I don't want to get close to people. And everybody has 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 their their way of you know dealing with people. Um, some people can 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 go to a, a potluck. And sit at one table and talk to one person the whole night. That is not me. If I go to a potluck, if we have anything, I will go to like every stinking table. Because I have to. I have to be able to go. And and, and I've been using this term. i got to go work the crowd. Because that's just who I am. I want want to make sure everybody knows that I, I know that you're here. Type stuff. And so... When I'm saying these things, I hope you're not going like, oh my gosh, man, does he want me to be just like him? It's like, no, I'm not. But what I do want is that you become affectionate to one another. Not in an awkward way, please don't do that. But that you would get to know one another. Because we are a community. We are a church. We're a small church. We're not a humongous church where it's like, man... These people have no clue who those people is, but believe it or not, even within our small church, the people that sit over here have no clue who those people are. We have two services, and some people from first service have no clue who second service is. And so I want to throw this out again to you as we close up. If you were writing a letter, would you be able to say something about others? And if others were writing a letter, would they be able to say something about you? Have you opened yourself up to people? Made yourself known to people? What do you know about people? Are you even interested? Because again, guys, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. We might not become besties with everybody here, but at least to make people feel welcomed. Because if you've been here for any length of time, I would say if you've been here any three months, six months, you should be making other people feel welcomed. And maybe you've been sitting here and you're going, man, I've been here for six months. I've been here for a year and nobody's talked to me. And I think, oh, it breaks my heart, you know, that other people haven't reached out. But if you call your this place your home, I want to encourage you. Because there's people every Sunday, brand new people that are coming in, that you would make yourself known to them. That you would make them feel welcomed. Not just that it's like, oh, I hope they stay. Because whether they stay or not, what my heart is, is that they know that Jesus loves them. That you love them. 
that they would not walk out of here and say, man, nobody even said boo to me. But that they would say, you know, I might not go back there because it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> but those people, at least they said hi to me. And so I want to encourage you, reach out. Say hi to somebody. One last thing that I want to finish off with. You know, we, we, we may never be or end up being written about. And our names may be forgotten by, by others throughout the, the history here on earth. But as I was thinking about this and, and all these names that are in there, I thought, God knows your name. And if nobody else does, God does. He knows your name. These people here, you know, they're only mentioned here. And, and most of them, they, they, they aren't mentioned. Most of you are not going to name your kid after any of these guys. But you know what? God knows each one of them. And, and, and not only did Paul say something good about them or, or say something about them, but more importantly, God knew them. And somehow they were faithful to, to God. And God said, you know what? Your name will be written about. It will be butchered up, but they will try to pronounce it anyways. But I know who they're talking about. And I just think that, that that's amazing because our names may never be written in anything like this. But guess what? If you're a believer, your name is written in the, in the book of life. Isn't that amazing? Because God knows you. He knows you intimately. Before you ever even opened yourself up to him, he knew you. And, and so when I look at all these names and when I look at other names throughout the word, um, I want to get to know who they are, even if it's just a little bit. When, when, when you look at verse 8 at Amplius, it just says that he was beloved. Urbanus was, was a fellow worker and, and Stachus was, was beloved. People loved these guys and they knew that these guys were workers. There was people that were approved. All these people, man, I just look at them and I'm going, wow, Lord, you knew them. And for some reason you wanted us to know just a little bit about them. We're going to close in prayer and we're going to have a worship song and it is a little early and it'll be a great time to get to know somebody before you jam out of here. <laughs> You're going, no because you might be one of those quiet, shy people. But hey, introduce yourself. Don't be shy. Look at somebody's already walking out. Sorry, bro. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's going to hide in the restroom. Let's pray. Father, we do come before you, God. We do thank you and praise you. Thank you that you know us, Lord. You know our names, Lord God. You know um, each and every one of us. Lord, I, I don't know what would be said about me or what would be said about somebody else here if they were getting written about. But my heart is, Lord God, that, that people would think that they are beloved. That people would look at them as, as fellow servants. That they were fellow workers. That they have been approved of you, Lord. And so I just pray, God, that as we look to you, Lord, that you would open up our hearts. Lord, if, if you've been calling us to, to step out of this, our, our little shell, our little comfort zone, that, God, you would do that even tonight. Lord, I, I just pray, God, for those who, who are scared to death to, to make themselves open to anybody, Lord, that even tonight, Lord, God, you would just allow them to let down their guard. 
And so we thank you and we praise you for your faithfulness, for your goodness, Lord, that you love us. And we glorify you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, there's prayer teams up here.